It's the Country 107 Morning Show highlights for Friday, April the 4th. I'm Dave Anthony, and we had a big show today. We started off by talking with Steve Bealey of Zoda and all the flooding that's going on there. Steve started by telling his story. Uh, well, we've been watching the water rise as, uh, you know, the past two weeks have gone on, especially since the first storm. We put some stakes out in the yard, and uh, it went down a little bit, and then it went up, and then it went up. And uh, even when it's not raining, the water goes up because the water doesn't have anywhere to go, right? The ditches are overflowing, and it seems like everywhere in Zoda is draining down to one point, and it's all going past our road. So one half of Zoda is pretty much dry. The other half of Zoda is pretty much underwater. And uh, ditches can't handle it. The roads are becoming rivers, and uh, I think at the closest point right now, we're about 20 feet away from the water from our house. It's, uh, it's gotten quite close. And uh, we're looking to do some sandbagging today and hopefully build a wall to protect our house. Man, I bet you didn't think that you'd have to be going out sandbagging Friday, October the 4th. No. <laughs> you know, it's. I'm guessing, uh, you know, this is quite unusual for this time. I mean, we've seen a, a ridiculous amount of rain. Um, so, you know, hopefully this, this sand wall will help protect the house and hopefully we can get a, at least a couple of weeks without any rain and it can start going down. The RM declared a state of emergency yesterday. They said that they were going to start doing sandbags and bring them out today. What did that uh, What did that mean to you? Was that a, a relief? Like, how did you feel when you heard that they declared that state of emergency? I was I was very relieved because I mean it's it's it really is you know uh, a number of our roads are washed out and they're getting worse and worse as the more water runs over. Uh, you know, if if you have a car, it's going to be a pretty sketchy drive for you driving through those roads. So we're pretty happy that the RM declared that and that they're going to be helping supply sandbags for us. And um, like I said, you know, we're we're just kind of hoping that this stops and the water goes away because, you know, what's what's going to happen if the water stays and it freezes, right? The whole Zoda is going to be a big ice rink. Talking with Stephen Bealey from Zoda. Stephen, uh, you're kind of in a race against time because it looks like there's more rain in the forecast tomorrow. That's got to be the last thing you want to hear. Pretty much, yeah. You know, looking at the weather, it says uh, we're supposed to get a decent amount, so today is pretty much the only day we can get this wall done uh, because after the rain tomorrow, I'm sure we'll be even closer to the house. So today's uh, kind of the final straw. we got to get this done and hope that it protects the house. Stephen, are you looking for some help, some volunteers? I know a couple of people from the Arm of Labrokery have already reached out to us asking if there's volunteers needed. Uh, what do you say to that? You know, we could definitely use a hand. You know, as it stands right now, it's just going to be me, my wife, and my mother-in-law. Uh, so, you know, we would definitely welcome any help that's available. Um, you know, it's it's going to be some pretty tough work, pretty hard labor, trying to bag these sands and get the wall going. So, yeah, any help is, is definitely welcome. How might people be able to get a hold of you or maybe find you in Zoda to, to help out? Uh, well, you know, if... <laughs> If they're courageous enough to try and drive through the water, they'll be able to see the house on Brendan Street with all the sand and the water that's really close to the house. Yeah, I guess your so, house kind of stands out from the road, eh? <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. we got caution tape on the driveway and everything so that if you're driving down the driveway, you don't tip over in the ditch. Oh, man, that's that's crazy. Uh, Steven, is there anything else that you want to add as you get ready to go out and uh, battle to keep your house dry? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that uh, the RM can come up with a solution to help with the roads if the water level doesn't recede before the freezing starts. And, you know, I'm hoping that they might be able to figure out something, whether it's digging the ditches deeper or 
whatever they need to do to try and clear the road so that Zoda doesn't become an ice rink. All right, so volunteers are needed uh, for Stephen, and, and I'm sure there's other families in Zoda dealing with the same thing, right? Definitely, yeah. We're definitely not the only ones that are being encroached upon the water here, so everybody could definitely use help, I would assume. Stephen, man, I really appreciate you taking some time for us today, and uh, best of luck going forward, and I hope that uh, you know maybe next week we can talk again and, and you can give us a bit of an update as to what's going on. For sure. Awesome. Thanks a lot. Well, it's that time of year again where we're starting to think about Christmas. And Operation Red Nose wants to make sure that it's a safe and enjoyable holiday season for everyone. Zoe Nakata was in studio. We started talking about everything that has to do with Operation Red Nose, starting with what happened last year. Last year, we had a fantastic year. And thanks to the community support, right? It's just such a great project. Um, so we gave 336 rides last night, uh, last year. Well, yeah, and, if you did uh, that last, last night, that night, would be no. impressive. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> And uh, so that was over nine nights of service. And uh, we had 200 volunteers that helped us achieve that, whether it was driving people home, bringing in supplies and food. So it, it was just a really, really good year. And we're so excited to, to start planning all over again. Keeping drunk drivers off the road, yes. especially around the holiday season, is, is such a, a great thing to offer this kind of program. And I remember a couple years ago, Zoe, when this program started, you know, you'd be sitting around with some friends and you'd see the Operation Red Nose volunteers come in. Right. And it was kind of like, oh, look at that. He's the one using it. Ha ha. That stigma's gone now. It's like, hey, look, there's Operation Red Nose. Maybe we should get them to come right back. And, you, and we see more of that now than people saying like, oh, he must be so drunk he can't drive. That's right. That's right. And, you know, it's all about uh, no judgment is one of our core values. Um, and it's just getting people home safe. And, and often I think you'd be surprised at how few drinks it takes for you to be over that that limit and have you know, limited capacities and, and reaction time. So we're just happy to be there and, and be able to keep everything safe, keep our neighbors safe, our families safe. And and just, like you said, share that message of it's there's no shame and we're just all working together to, to all be here tomorrow, basically. Zoe Nakata in studio talking Operation Red Nose. And, you know, you think about the people that use it. You know what? Staff parties. You work hard all year. Go out with your significant other. Have some fun. And then don't worry about it. And the best part is you don't have to go back and get your vehicle the next day, right? That's right. Like, it's it's just a, a, a killer deal, right? <laughs> you get to have fun, celebrate with your friends. And uh, exactly, we drive your car home. We drive you home safely. Um, if if you've got someone that's caring for your kids, a babysitter, we can even arrange to bring that person back to their residence uh, with the client. Um, so it's just all about getting people safe. And I've used Operation Red Nose a few times, and I've had some amazing conversations with the volunteers. <laughs> yeah. They are very special people that sacrifice a lot of their time on a specific evening, whether it's with their uh, with their groups, whether it's with uh, co-workers or whether it's just with family members volunteers are pretty amazing and there's spots to available for this year yeah they are and and that's really kind of the essence of our program is these volunteers you know the the organizing committee is is volunteer run and then all of these nights 200 volunteers that contribute to the program and it is fun like you get together and you get to spend a few hours and it's always a good time always some good stories that come out of it um, so we're already open for for volunteers to sign up they can visit our website at rednoseonline.com um, and they can kind of pick their nights and see what works. And it's great because if you use Red Nose, you can give back on a night as well. That's and it's, right. it's, it is it's actually a lot of fun. And you get together with a gr uh, great group of people and you're in a team and you get to go and have some fun. It's it's really cool. And you get to make a difference in our community, which is which is really what it's all about. And speaking of making a difference, Zoe, uh, donations are always welcome and, and they're... 
they're so appreciated. Where are where's the money going towards this year when it comes to Operation Red Nose? That's right. So, um, like you mentioned, I mean, riders and clients are are free to make a donation if they choose. Um, it is a free service, and we do um, seek out sponsorships from the community. And we've had such generous, um, such generosity throughout the years. So, uh, first, the costs go to covering the cost of the program. So, we do reimburse gas for our drivers. We uh, feed our volunteers. So there's those costs that are associated with it. We need to rent uh, security equipment like the radio. So that's all very important. That's the number one. Um, if there is money left over at the end of the season, it all goes back into the Ecole Saint-Joachim school. Um, and what we do there, we use the money to basically enrich the experience for our students in our community. Um, so in the past, we've done bleachers. We've done... Um, improvements to the schoolyard we've done improvements to the cultural program so these are all things that we think are important to enrich that that student experience and that are often far-reaching in our community and, and beyond in terms of uh, community access to this equipment and uh, and the programming that comes of it and it, like you said it's a free program but you know if you're thinking you're going to save 40 45 bucks as opposed to maybe taking a taxi or the hundreds or thousands of dollars you risk when you do drink and drive exactly. not to mention the lives Kick in 20, 25, 30 bucks towards uh, Operation Red Nose. It goes a long way to helping the kids. That right. It, it sure does. Uh, Zoe, there's actually something new this year. You're offering a paid position for someone who's willing to really take control of, of Red Nose in our area. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, that's right. So like I said, we're a volunteer run, and of course, we're all busy parents. Um, so we figured that maybe we could put some resources towards a paid position. So we're currently seeking a bilingual um, individual that would be interested in a coordinator position. So this person would help us with the logistics of, of running the program. Um, so if people are interested, they can visit our Facebook page for more information or, uh, you know, send us an email or give us a call and we'd be happy to chat about it. But just to note, it is a bilingual program just because of um, a lot of the admin tasks are in French. Uh, okay, well, Zoe, I'm torn because I'm excited for Operation Red Nose, but with that, usually brings snow and terrible <laughs> weather conditions and very, very cold days. But uh, it, it's one one helping the other here. It's uh, a great, great program, and thank you so much for coming in and talking about it today. Thanks for having us. Head coach of the Steinbeck Pistons, Paul Dick, fresh off a couple of games over the showcase weekend held in Winnipeg, a loss and a win. Got a little bit of everything from his team over the last two games, and he started by talking about uh, what the showcase means. We talked about uh, the upcoming road trip and, of course, the sportsplex that could be built in Steinbach. So here is head coach Paul Dick. Thanks for coming in. Appreciate it. Uh, good to be here, Dave. Might be singing a victory song after your last game. Come back from uh, the Wayway Sakapa Wolverines 4-3 in overtime. That had to feel good to end the showcase on a positive note. Yeah, it really did. I think we played some of our best hockey that last period and a half against a very good hockey team. So, um, you know, we're all feeling a little better about ourselves. That showcase, it's a lot of fun. I mean, uh, you are around there for a couple of days. You run into a bunch of coaches, and everybody is kind of in a great mood because it's showcasing the league. So just for people who maybe don't know what this means to the players to be involved and for, for the staffs, staffs as well, what's that uh, couple of day event like, and, and how well was it run this year? Well, there's a great buzz around it, and I think when people step in the building, they feel that, and it was run extremely well. I think every year it becomes um, – um, just a, a better event and one that our players certainly look forward to with a great anticipation. So, um, you know, and the purpose of it is to is to give exposure to the players and uh, they need to, to earn that obviously through their play. But, um, you know, I don't think there are a lot of decisions that get, that get made at the showcase, but 
you know, can put a player on the map. And, um, you know, as we move forward, our league has hockey TV. So when, when the scouts from the U.S. and across Canada leave and they continue to follow our team, um, uh, you know, they may start watching because of one player they saw at the showcase. But then, you know, the next week a different player stands out. So different opportunities arise for guys throughout the year. And I think it, it kind of sparks interest. So, you know, there was there was a, a number of NHL scouts. I think eight teams had representation there as well. So pretty special event. And you think about guys that stood out. I think Darby Gula, local boy a couple of years ago, Bemidji picked him out. And, uh, you know, the showcase had a lot to do with that. Seniors, uh, now Cole Smith, Tyler Penner, they get recognized that there. I can't believe it's in their senior season already, but uh, time is flying by. And, Paul, uh, we talk about time, and it's about time that we maybe start getting a new facility, at least getting closer to a new facility. When it was announced that City Council unanimously gave support for a new complex, what went through your mind? Well, <laughs> wow, I mean, it's, it's exciting. Uh, we've been you know, as an organization, um, um, you know, dreaming of the day of, of playing in a facility that where we could host uh, larger crowds and where our crowds could watch a game, you know, in comfort and uh, maybe in more moderate temperatures and and uh, from some different areas as well. So I mean, you don't like the, the wall freezing behind <laughs> you? You don't like when it's minus 40 inside yeah, and, and yeah. minus 35 outside? Not particularly, Dave. <laughs> Not getting any younger. <laughs> But, um, you know, and the ability to potentially host national events right now where ice surface isn't uh, uh, to the Canadian standard and, um, you know, the capacity is is, uh, not where it needs to be to host national events. So, you know, and I think with that, just another opportunity to showcase our city uh, and there would be a few of them that we'd certainly put applications in for. So, you know, um, exciting. And then as a Steinbach resident, I think, the opportunity to have host so many different events from, um, you know, I, I looked at the list of potential activities in the building and it's just incredible. And, you know, everything from another, you know, if it was curling, if there's spectator curling to, uh, to motocross or to rodeo to potential graduations, uh, you know, the banquet facilities and, uh, concerts of, of different genres and, um, you know, there was a, there was a, a picture of, of a cheer, you know, cheer right. competition. And, right. And so, you know. it's not I, all just about hockey. It's no. About, it's a multifaceted idea that definitely is needed for That's our area. totally it. It's yeah. an event center. And, um, you know, through that, uh, the economic spinoff can, can just be, uh, you know, have a tremendous impact on our city. So, um, you know. Obviously, very exciting for us. Uh, we got one request from uh, a G. Pollock. He didn't want to be named, but he he requests an elevator. Uh, that's all. <laughs> he just just to get up to a, a specific spot. Of the, I don't know what it, that's about. Uh, the sportsplex that could be coming to Steinbeck. We'll know in a couple of months, maybe if if it's a for sure thing. I already tried to stick a shovel in the ground the other day. Uh, they told me to leave, but uh, downtown is looking like where it's going to go. How do you feel about it being downtown? Well, I was probably guilty of being a maybe a naysayer initially, and um, you know I think the more that it's been explored, and um, um, I think some of the concerns with parking comes up. But now, if you actually look at that plan and you look at the current number of parking spots available for you know the capacity of that building, uh, those per- percentages are going to tr- 
changed dramatically. I mean, if you're looking at potentially over a thousand parking spots in that area, um, as opposed to the 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 hundred hundred and fifty that we have now. That's correct. So there's virtually nothing available at this point, and I think people will always experience that if they come to if it's a minor hockey event. And but um, so I think that's definitely going to change, and I think everyone involved is very sensitive to that fact, and and, and they want to address that. So. Uh, that and then you know if you look at the the plan for economic development downtown mm-hmm. and making our downtown uh, more vibrant, um, I think it's it has an opportunity to be very very special. There is going to be a bit of a nostalgia though if that arena does get torn down because so many people have minor hockey careers. I remember playing for the Landmark Blues in that arena against the Stein, uh, the Steinbach Millers and I. You know, many people in this area will remember it fondly, but change is a good thing. Yeah, totally. I mean. Uh, I've had a lot of conversations about that, and I think there's people that have spent many, many years in that building, you know, watching their children, supporting their children in their events. But uh, I think everybody's ready for uh, something a little more comfortable and um, yeah, those, a little more spacious. Those seats are just crippling yeah. in there. <laughs> you know what? And, and frankly, at times they can be a little unsafe. With yeah, and um, you know, to start the year, you got that very nice award from the CJHL, and, and with nobody's fault but Mother Nature's, it ends up being just hor- horrifically difficult to watch because of all the fog. So it's time for an upgrade. Yeah, totally. Our, our building is is very very seasonal, and it's um, it really only um, works well in colder weather. And when the humidity's high and the temperatures are warmer, it really really struggles. And and then of course it's just one dimensional. Yeah. I mean, uh, one faceted. It's, you it's, can't do anything other than hockey. And that's right. And so to have something with the ability to do really whatever. You know, yeah. whatever um, um, we want to do with it, it's it's really uh, opens up so many doors. It's definitely a multiplex of, of possibilities, which is fantastic. Paul, uh, you got the Waywaste to Capital Wolverines tomorrow. You beat them 4-3 in overtime. They were up 3 nothing. You know they're not going to be happy about that. Nipawa is a team that it's really hard to figure out. They, they play really well, but, you know, it could be a bit of a trap game for you as well as they look for their first win. Four big points up on this weekend. Is that your mindset heading into uh, tomorrow night? Well, absolutely. Uh, I think it starts with two tomorrow. Um, you know, it is a team that we just played. I think we learned a, a very valuable lesson. And uh, Wayway is a team that plays with a lot of pace. They, they have good structure to their game. But, uh, you know, they put us under a lot of pressure that first period. We didn't handle it particularly well. And um, I loved our response. And, um, you know, I think we, we turned the tables in the second period and, and, and slowly kind of, um, you know, took took the game away from them and were able to get the two points out of it. So I uh, did it the hard way, Yeah, uh, but we were able to do it, and I, I think our guys should gain a lot of confidence coming out of that game. And you were right there against Selkirk, too. I mean, people look at the box score, and it was 5-1 or whatever, but shots were 49-23. to 23. They had four chances that ended up, like, they just, it's one of those things where you probably deserve better on the scoreboard, but... Is, do you feel your team's maybe relying less on skill now and, and relying more on hard work, and that's really what it takes to win? Well, I think that switch flipped a little in, in uh, the second period against Wayway. I thought yeah. the first game, yeah, we had 49 shots, so it speaks, you know, to the level of, of skill maybe on the team, yeah. and, and, but yet there weren't a lot of second and third opportunities. No, a lot of a lot shots of from distance, a lot of yeah. shots right into the chest. A lot of one-and-dones. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought the, the hunger and the, the urgency and – had really changed. It looked a lot different, and I think the guys saw it firsthand. Uh, they enjoyed 
the game a lot more from that point forward as well. So hopefully that really resonates and sticks with us and, and uh, we carry that into tomorrow's game. Saturday night in Wayway, Sunday on Steinbackonline.com, the first broadcast of the year. Very excited that we get to do that game, uh, Nipawa versus the Steinback Pistons. Paul, thanks very much for sharing your thoughts about the sports plaques and for coming in and talking hockey with us. Always great to see you. Thank you. Anytime, Dave. We wrap up the morning show highlights with Sing for Your Wings. Our buddy Nathan from Grunthal got through today, and he wanted to do a little singing to win some wings from Smitty's and Steinbach. Here's how the call went. So you could probably use a break, and getting inside Smitty's restaurant, enjoying some wings with a friend or a significant other probably doesn't sound too shabby, eh? No, you know what? Definitely that... uh... I definitely put the lead in my pencil, I'd say. Well, Nathan, I really do hope that your singing voice ain't too shabby. We are going to play a part of the song, and you got to fill in the blank, all right? All right. You re- good. Are you ready? I'm ready. She won't admit she wants to rest. She's proud, sometimes quiet. True national treasure. All right, buddy, get ready. You're taking it away. Here you go. Canadian girls. Canadian girls. Oh, yeah. More lovable trouble, though, sometimes, girls. Oh, buddy, that's you awesome. the world from New York, Paris, and France. Um, but, hey, it's always them Canadian girls, eh? Heck, yeah, buddy. Well done. Singing for <laughs> your wings from Smitty's. Congratulations. Oh, thanks, dude. So that's your Country 107 Morning Show highlights for this Friday, October the 4th. We have got a big week planned next week as well, starting Monday. A Beat the Box Office announcement. It is massive. You're not going to want to miss out on that just after 7 o'clock Monday morning. We're going to play some more morning show games. We're going to update what's going on in Zoda. We have a whole lot more as well. That is the Country 107 Morning Show back 6 a.m. Monday. We'll chat then.